0: Hi, I'm David Epstar from Kewanee, Wisconsin. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like you and me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and click on Donate. Live on tape from my house in Los Angeles, I'm Jesse Thorne, and this is The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org.
1: Radio Sweetheart
0: It's the sound of young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest this week is Michelle Adegeochola. Before we get to the interview, let's hear a sample from her brand new album The World Has Made Me The Man of My Dreams. This is Soul Spaceship.
1: Riding in my soul spaceship. Riding in my
0: soul spaceship. It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest on the program, Michelle Indegeocello, has made a career as a uh, bassist, multi-instrumentalist, a uh, contemporary soul artist spanning many genres, and her most recent record is called the world has made me the man of my dreams uh, Michelle, welcome to the show Oh, Thank you for having me It's great to have you here oh, So you were born in Germany, right? Because yeah, your yeah, dad yeah. was in the service yeah. w- When did you move to D.C.?
1: Oh, not until I was about I guess like 10, 11 uh, But the formative years Were you between places? The, before oh, yeah, that? yeah, we moved around quite a bit But uh, I'm definitely a southern person I live mostly in Hampton, Virginia, Alexandria, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia, then we came to DC, Maryland area. So I feel that's my home. When did you start playing music? Ah. Oh, about 14, I got the bug. <laughs> my brother played the guitar, my father plays music as well. Instruments were always around in the house. So it was a good outlet. It was something I could do alone or with my brother, so I I I enjoyed, you know, picking up an instrument and and trying to express myself.
0: The United States has such a national culture that it's very odd for there to be really unique regional art forms. One of them <laughs> is, you know, I mean, there's there's <laughs> there's club music in Baltimore and right. there's go-go in D.C. Yes. Did you have go-go in mind when um, you started playing the bass?
1: No. Well, it was the first gig I ever got. I was playing in a go-go band. It's um, just a natural part of my um, nurturing. But I, you're right. That music can. And so far has only existed there. So it's a very, um, how do you said, uh, provincial experience. Well, po- with the possible exception of doing the butt. Yeah, that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know if that's going to be a classic. I'll see about twenty years from now. Let's see what happens. See if people are still doing the butt. Yeah, I, I doubt it. But yeah, but it's definitely definitely influenced my playing. And plus, I liked hip hop, so I liked the the go go was more of you were trying to. Really, be an MC and get the crowd involved in a different way than it was, you know, spewing out your thoughts. So, I like the combination of both.
0: Did you Did you ever aspire to be an MC?
1: Oh yeah, I think so. When I was young, I was like, I love Just Ice and KRS One and Milk and MC Light, and it's sure there's something in me that thought I could. But um, now I, I, I really I find that genre to so commercialized, it's hard to find stuff that I can really connect with. Um, but more so, I'm a bassist and a songwriter. I think that's what I've grown into or developed into.
0: When you were really young and, and still living in D.C. and you first started gigging, was it weird?
1: Uh, were people surprised that there was a you know a teenage girl playing with the Go-Go Band? Definitely, I'd get that. But I tried to maintain something that my brother and other friends tried to instil, instill in me, which was... Don't be good cuz you know don't get them to say you're good for a girl just get them to say wow you you know you're good no matter you know what you are <laughs> So that that was my main focus but I would just you know ignore the haters and you know just try to do my thing
0: One of the amazing things about DC Gogos is it's this world that is um uh completely self-contained. So you can really be in a band and uh, be a a real working musician Mm -hmm. playing lots of gigs um, and never go more than, you know, 45 miles outside of Washington, D.C. Um, What was it that led you to step outside of that world?
1: Um, Socially, it was very limiting. Uh, You're like a big fish in a small pond. And I'd rather be the little fish in a amazing world and see different things um i was inspired to travel i i went to new york and i uh i think in 90s 90, 95 and it, and it just blew my mind um i don't know my my thoughts were bigger i had i had the first prince record and i i said to myself i just want to make records i want to make records and travel around and play i didn't really like school too much didn't really fit in with what was going on there. I'm like, I liked Go Go, but I also liked Rush, and you know, <laughs> so I just needed to get out and make new friends and try some different things. Sometimes know. when you're a bass player, maybe it just comes with an instrument. Yeah. You get the you get a Rush CD that yeah.
0: just just glued to the back of the bass. Exactly, comes like, with yeah. free
1: Rush CD. Yeah. See, I liked stuff like that and P.I.L. and I like a, a wide range of music as a kid, and I just yeah, really. Wanted to get out of DC and try some other things. You know? yeah, being a bass player is a
0: is a really particular thing. We had yeah. um, Raphael Sadiq in here a couple <sighs> of weeks ago yeah. and, and talked to him. He's another great bass player. Um, what do you? How do you think the fact that the the bass was the instrument that you picked up has is changed your musical path?
1: Yeah, uh, the bass player is the foundation. It's the only person that can move around on stage, kind of see what's going on. We make we're the root of the chord, we're also rhythmical um it just made me a more solid musician and um as a singer, it's just it's nice to be able to to know the foundation of the music um so yeah i I am a big fan of bass players
0: <laughs> <laughs> so w- when I listen to your records, I'm very aware that you're a bass player because. The bass is really the center of your work. I mean, even in even to some extent on like Bitter or something, mm. which is a much which yeah. <laughs> softer and more guitar oriented record. Um, what do you think are the opportunities that you have, you know, musically and, and also sort of texturally as a bass player when you're making records? What is it that, that you can do that somebody else might miss?
1: Hmm. I'm always thinking of the uh, colors not the line i played or how fast or is it funky or groovy or anything i'm just thinking about the tone how the bass hits you coming out your speaker and out of your headphones i think that's i pay attention to details like that of just how it sounds and feels coming at you and i yeah i listen, as a bass player i just feel it gives me the the ear i listen to everything i listen I mean, I have to listen to harmony and the drums. I am the center of it all. I keep those two things together. Plus, I feel like the bass player is the humble band member. Like, when you play the guitar, you're the singer. Singer, you want to be up front, and you have to (laughs) have a sort of a command. Uh, The bass player is just okay with, like, sitting in the groove, sitting in the cut, not causing too much trouble. You know, I'm definitely not the hype man in the band. I'm just... (laughs) The gentle one keeps it all together. Can you think of a
0: song on this m- most recent record that had a really particular uh, color that you were that you were shooting for?
1: Oh yeah, definitely. Um, Article three is the one that is like, I guess I'm. I'm I mean, to me, it was wanted to be like just a sonic barrage, <laughs> a rhythm, a rhythmical and sonic barrage on the ears, fat yet edgy. Like, like, yeah, <laughs> that's, that's what I was trying to get. <laughs> oh God, I heard I was a sad nun- you're embarrassed to me because I'm ugly, Burdened my fans and fashion, Curses to the cultures of hair. The devil comes calling <laughs> in the form of despair. Because I lied, you think you're better than me? We're all patriots of a lying, scheming machine,
0: It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. We'll have more with my guest Michelle and Deggio Cello in just a minute when we come back. Production of The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered. Online at ask.metafilter.com Hi, it's me, Jesse. If you're interested in reaching The Sound of Young America's highly literate, intelligent, and awesome audience, you can use the medium of underwriting. Support The Sound of Young America, and we'll thank you by sharing your message with our thousands of listeners, both here on the podcast, on the radio show, and on our website. If you'd like more information about underwriting on The Sound of Young America, drop me a line at jesse, J-E-S-S-E, at org. That's jesse at org. It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guest is the self-described revolutionary soul singer Michelle cello her new album is called the world has made me the man of my dreams shortly after high school you uh got pregnant and had a child yeah. <laughs> how did that how did that change the it's, it's that's a very difficult place to be in when you have this idea of you know uh being free and traveling around how did it change the trajectory of oh, your life i
1: i just took him with me um, I, I think the thing about yeah i struggle with this topic i mean having a child when you're young is very difficult but at the same time i think uh, my naivete allowed me to go i can make it whatever experience i want so i had great friends and family i um when i couldn't be there all the time to to be with him but i would just take him with me he's he's been on the road quite a bit um i'm sure his memoirs will be different <laughs> will have a different view um but It just changed me because it wasn't all about me and I knew I had to be able to take care of myself and another person Um, but I love children I love seeing the world through their eyes and watching them because everything's so fresh and new and you forget that by the time you're 12 you start trying to have your own self but I enjoyed it I I am I love children it was hard at times. I'm sure people say, "Well, in hindsight, do you think you do it differently?" And I, I really don't. I, I I'm grateful for the experience. I loved it. You know. Now, how, when did you start performing, uh performing under your own name, performing as a solo oh, artist? uh 1920. I got to New York. I joined the BRC, the Black Rock Coalition. Got some gigs. Had some ideas. I would write songs a lot. um I was always interested in recording. I, once I realized college and getting out of high school wasn't going to be really my, my strong point, <laughs> um, I went to a uh, engineering facility that, you know, gave you a certificate. You learned to be an engineer, and and that those I those thought you were going to say you, yeah. you went to an engineering facility like to get robotic arms. <laughs> no, or no, something. no, I went to. I, I studied with Bob Yesbeck, this amazing engineer. He mixed. Um, Christopher Cross records stuff like that, and I went and learned some skills. And once I could record my own music, that was that was it for me. I would just be—I created my own little world and did my own thing.
0: When you signed your first record contract, did you do you feel like you had uh,
1: a sense of who you were and who you wanted to be? Oh, not at all. And I know I thought I'd never—I just turned forty. I thought I'd never be one of those people that would be like, um, you know look back then and, I'm, uh, yeah, I knew what I wanted. But no, I, I, I still don't. You never do. Um, you, I just feel like I'm on this ride. And I, I, I take it as it comes. Some things are disappointing, disappointing and some things are great. But you're never done developing, I guess, as a, as a person or a human being. You know, I I can only look back and say I was really excited. I could have done things differently, uh, had a better lawyer, <laughs> been a little <laughs> bit more savvy about some issues, but the experience was great. It's it's got me here, you know. Um all I knew is I wanted to play. That's all I knew. I, and I knew I had these ideas I love. The only thing I miss about youth is the sort of that this this inner feeling of you can do anything, and 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 that's how I, That's the only thing I think I felt. I was like, I can do anything. Just let's go record. Let's go do something. I've always been just focused on the music.
0: You you, know? Your your record, your your first album, um, had some uh, small hits on it, and you also <laughs> had a well, you know, I mean, <laughs> hilarious. Yeah, had some, had some hit. You did have some hit records, and, yeah. and you you also had a, a real big hit on a on a duet with with John Mellencamp. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was three years before your next record, which was yeah. a very different record than the first one. Yeah. And I remember at the time, um, uh, you know, you you had a song on there called uh, Leviticus Faggot.
1: Yeah
0: and uh that was you mean that was really drawing a line
1: in the sand (laughs) putting that song on your record that's right yeah (laughs) um yeah just singing about what i knew about um i mean before there was matthew shepherd i had a friend of mine who didn't survive a beating and uh being bashed and so i just yeah it was just something that hit me and plus in my life um learning about who i was and people judge you and, and never really get to know you. I just wanted to just tell my story. So there was no sympathy.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you've you been for some time out as bisexual. Yeah, yeah. I'm just um, a
1: human being looking for love. Did
0: the way that your identity was uh, affecting your life change between when you uh, made that first record and, and when you made that second record and moved on and you moved
1: forward in your career? Did it feel different to you? Were you struggling with different issues? Oh, yeah, just in your personal life, just the judgment. Uh, the first record was, I guess, uh, more as R&B. And at that time, R&B was seen as, quote-unquote, black music. I hate these generalizations. But people of color tend to be the most homophobic. <laughs> um, and so it was difficult to to hear some of the things I would get from people in interviews or being out while I played. Plus, the only thing I've, I have learned from that, and especially looking at society now, the things that we deem as entertainment... Is these reality show personal life things you're looking into somebody, and only thing I come away with is privacy, especially in your interpersonal relationships, because I realized no one was listening to the fact that I could play the bass or write songs that became the focal point of of everything and so I mean, by the third record, I became bored with it and it's and it was hard that that was all anyone would ever focus on. The third record
0: was called Bitter and was pretty much universally hailed as spec- being spectacular. It's
1: also um, very, very different from right the it first is. two. Well, hopefully the music hits people with, like, this could be you. I'm just trying to create something that other people can have an experience and a feeling with. You push me away fall on your deaf ears you curse my name bitterly.
0: I saw you play a show in uh, in Santa Cruz when I was in college mm-hmm. and this would I guess be uh, six years ago something mm-hmm. like that. And it was you and um, Black Star, most definitely, and Ozo Motley. Yeah, yeah. It was one of the most surreal concert experiences I've ever had because, um, as I recall, maybe you were the feature act. I think you might have been the middle act in that show. It was Santa Cruz. So there's all these hippies there to see (laughs) Ozo Motley and there's all these you know kids with literally with backpacks at the time and they weren't it wasn't just a metaphor backpack rap at the time <laughs> people would wear their backpack to a show um uh there to see black star and when you stepped onto the stage all these kind of butch ladies pushed their way <laughs> <laughs>
1: Push Move, their push yeah. their
0: way up to the front, right? And it was really something because it was these three, uh, this, you Blackstar and uh, and Ozomatli aesthetically are not too far <laughs> apart from each other. Okay, um, but you
1: I love Ozomatli. <laughs> I
0: think by virtue by virtue of the fact that you've um, been so long uh, performing as an out bisexual, mm. you have this you have this very particular audience, and certainly not the totality mm. of your audience. Um, I, I wonder if if you feel in, in any way like responsible to that audience, or or feel like it's um, in, in any way like mm-hmm. if you if you feel like having that particular audience as opposed to just you know the hippies who go see Ozo Motley yeah. or whatever.
1: I don't know, um, yeah, I kind of suck at that actually. I was, uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> in what way? Yeah, at the giving you know. I guess I don't. I, I'm just a musician. I'm just like a. I'm just, yeah, I'm just a singer songwriter. I'm just a human being. And uh, I guess, again, I struggle with that, like um, generalizations or. Because I guess last night I played at The House of Blues, and there are people expecting me to be just like Plantation Lullabies or just like Bitter, like that same person or personality that they've perceived. But I, yeah, I, all I can do is be myself. I'm like a 40 year old human being. Um, I just have other things to offer now. And there's no way you could get the whole scope of me in a 70-minute show.
0: <laughs> um,
1: so do I have a responsibility? I think my first responsibility is to the music and playing and have having quality, being a quality musician and, and singing the best I can. And all I can hope for, inshallah, is that uh, people get a good feeling from it too. I think I'm not... I'm not trying to go to Vegas later on <laughs> in life and, like, rehash the past. That's not my goal. You're I hope not? I would have guessed. Matched. I would have guessed. Yeah. At 50, I hope, like, you know, I play with, you know, maybe um, I can get some gigs with Neil Young or something or play with some electronic electronica band from London and just hang in the back. You don't have to see me. I'm just, you know, I'm hope, I'm hoping for other things, you know, just trying to do other be as open and curious as possible you've played with um
0: many many different artists in many genres as mm-hmm. a as a session player and um, uh, you've worked with many artists as a as a producer and 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 etc etc You made a jazz record a couple mm-hmm. of years ago um, uh, what are the new horizons that you're exploring now at at forty what's what's interesting to you
1: <gasps> well just uh, sometimes just playing the piano. And having a tape recorder and recording the sounds that are just out in the world naturally. Um, what interests me now? I really like movies. I'm like scoring. I want to score something interesting. Probably something abstract. I like to make some abstract scores for abstract cinema. <laughs> Things that were just propelled by by visuals, not necessarily a, a linear storyline. Stuff like that. I think I would have more interest in that. Well,
0: Mm -hmm. Michelle, we'll we'll stay tuned.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you so
0: much for having me here. No problem. Thank you so much. Okay. Let's go out with a track from Michelle Indeggio Cello's 2002 album, Cookie, the Anthropological Mixtape. This is Hot Night.
1: In the fight of a revolution, their best souls singer. It's a high night, head down to the left of the painted composite. Out, out, out. And let's talk about the world, y'all. Yeah. Uh, can you pick me up? You know I hate driving in the evening sick. And baby, read my mind. Hit like all the dogs. I can get some coffee and we can get our talk gone. Mm. Seems like I got caught up in this romanticized idea revolution. with are was prophecy heroes, but in the silence about praise. prayers, I had a vision of my hatred dissolving in the grains of same But that to the universe, that's all I really am. Just a grain of I don't get caught up in all that spiritual shit, but there ain't much to hold on to. We all living in the world built upon. Stop face and regimes, white man.
0: That's it for another Sound of Young America program. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. The show produced by Speaking Into Microphones, our theme music written and performed by Dan Grayson with some help from myself. Interstitial music provided to us by Dan Wally, and the show is edited by Nick White. You can find us online at MaximumFun.org along with our other podcasts. And if you have thoughts about the show, you can post them on our forum, or email me at jesse at maximumfund.org. I guess that's about all we need to say. We'll see you next time right here on the Sound of Young America.
1: I feed my babies with music, I tell the truth now. target some of bitch. urgent emergency